Hi everyone and welcome to the Two Men in a Pineapple podcast. My name is Cody. And I'm Michael. And we are two 30-year-old millennials living in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The purpose of this podcast is to identify, deconstruct, and discuss the life events facing millennials. Each podcast episode will focus on one to two topics and present them in the form of what I wish I knew. We will share our own experiences, as well as the tips, tricks, and secrets we've learned along the way, which will hopefully encourage you to think, reflect, and discuss these topics amongst yourselves, your friends, and family. This podcast will be successful if it helps you to be able to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilling life. So today on episode four, what we'll be talking about is what I wish I knew about identity theft. Instead of throwing statistics and numbers at you guys, Uh, What we're going to do is go into a deep dive of what exactly happened to me uh, when someone stole my identity and how my life changed within an instant uh, afterwards. And it really changed who I was to who I am today on how I manage uh, my life. Michael, what is identity theft? Okay, so from what, uh, what happened to me, identity theft is when someone takes your social security number, uh, as in the States, or your SIN number, which is in Canada, and they use that to open up bank accounts, to uh, apply to job, apply to jobs, apply to mortgages, apply to you know credit card companies, anything, anything and everything. Your identity is in that number, and that's who you are. And so, uh, for me, what identity theft was: someone took my uh, social insurance number, and uh, yeah. So it's a type of fraud. Someone's impersonating you for financial gain, basically. Yeah. What yeah. this comes down to. So, I mean, you're 30 now. How old were you when this happened to you? 24. I was 24 when this happened. I was, we were, I'll just go into the story, I guess, of kind of what happened. Um, so I was 24, 23, 24, getting my very first car. So I was financing my car, uh, meaning I had to pay, the, you know, give a down payment and make those monthly payments. And eventually over these many years, I would own my car. So those who don't know what financing is, that's, that's what that is. But in order to do that, they have to do what they call as a credit check. And credit check, and I was a student at the time, and, uh, or just graduating, and what a credit check is, they just make sure you can pay your bills on time and that you have enough money uh, so that when they loan you this money to buy the car, essentially that's what they're doing when you finance the car, um, you're, they know that you're a good person, right? That's kind of how they say you're financially responsible, right? They do their credit check. And... Your credit check is on a score from I think three to eight, uh, and you know three being poor, eight being I think is rock star or something. Um, and so when I went to go finance my car, what happened was they did a they did a credit check, right? Nothing out of the norm. Um, he came back and he said, "Okay, you're what? What did you do? Like, what happened? Why did you take out all this money?" Like, the the car salesman was concerned for me. And I had no idea why. He, he kind of accused me of being like this, you know, terrible person on paper, right? He's like, what the heck happened? I'm like, what do you mean? I literally just graduated. I was riding OSAP that entire time. I didn't go and buy like a luxury yacht or go invest all my money or anything like that. I literally just paid for school, paid for food, went through, you know, paid for books, and that was it. So it was a shock to me when he told me that. I thought he was lying. He thought I was lying. So it was a very, uh, and I still wanted this car, so I didn't really know what to do at that time. So like to, I guess, push the story forward a little bit, I had gone to another, this was previous to the car I'm currently buying in this story, 
I had gone and shopped around like you should, right? And I went to a auto shop and they're like, hey, you know, you can test drive any car, just, you know, we need your social insurance number. And they like practically wanted me to buy it. They were really pushy, right? And so they had, I'd given them my social insurance number, my bank, my driver's license, all this stuff. What I didn't know and what you guys should know, what I wish I knew is that at that time he ran a credit check, what we call as a hard credit check. There's a difference between a hard credit check and we'll go into this, I'm sure, uh, and a soft credit check. So he ran a hard credit check. That means it's on my permanent record. He's checking into me. He's going to those fine details and it ruins your credit if you already have a bad credit. It's like too many people are looking into my financials. So it worries the banks. It worries other people, right? Like it lowers your score. I didn't know this at the time. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, go ahead. Do whatever you want. I just want to test drive this car. I don't care. Right. Um, and so later, this this good guy of a salesman, he was like, someone just ran a credit check a week ago. And I was like, how is that even possible? I don't even know what you're talking about. I had no idea, literally no idea what he did. And he was like, you know, this salesman, um, you know, he probably saw his son or daughter in me being like, oh, my God, this guy's about to ruin his life. Right. Um, and was like, OK, listen, this is the, these are the things you got to do. So I actually went back to that. Um, dealership with my brother and asked them straight up did you run a hard or soft credit check knowing full well knowing they ran a hard credit check on me because the, the other salesman did it uh, and told me about it so and they lied they straight up lied to me they said no 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 we didn't do anything like that and I was like oh my god so you know my mom puts out you know throws her hands in it she's an accountant this is the worst story ever because she knows finances right and she's trying to trust us but again we'll, we'll dive into all those things um yeah so it was it was an eye-opener to know that this guy was concerned for me and he's the one trying to push a car on me yeah. right and make me spend the most amount of money possible right yeah. and he's coming back being like i don't know if this is the right thing to do so it was it was a shocker for sure the crazy thing is a car salesman who's trying everything they can to get you to buy a car is concerned about your credit score and they're alerting you to it so that should have been a major red flag and i'm sure he probably felt, wow, what is going on at this second? I just want to let anyone out there who's curious on what their credit score is, if you're not sure how to do that already, what you can do is you can Google Equifax or you can download an app called Mogo and these services will let you know what your credit score is. So Mogo is free or Equifax, you pay a small fee. Equifax lets you know a little bit more about your credit history where Mogo really just lets you know about your credit score. Now getting back to your story, Michael, you're getting your car, the salesman kind of alerted you to your credit score. Continue from there. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'll stay at the um, car dealership and I want that car. So that's where the story continues. I want that car so bad. He's like, I don't know what I can do for you because your interest rate, so the amount I pay on top of the, the principal or that, uh, the original payment of my car is so high. It was at, I think it was 7.9. That's unheard of. Like you don't, you don't even get a loan for that much, right? Like my OSAP loan was like seven or eight, right? I think that's what it is. Yeah, sometimes you can finance a car for 0%. Yeah, zero. Yeah, and they offer that as a promotion, right? That's what actually got me into the, the dealership because I'm like, I don't have to pay any interest. That's great. I'll do that, right? Um, but it was 7.9. That's what I took at the end of the day. And 
So my car payment was a lot higher than normal. My years to pay it off were a lot longer than normal. But um, he immediately said, go to your bank and look into this. Go and call someone up, call whoever you've been with the longest. So at the time, I think it was BMO that was with the longest. And almost like a serum, what is it called? Serendipitously? Serendipitously? I don't know if that's a real word, but um, I got a phone call and it's from a debt, a debt collector. So too many people recently had just looked into my credit, right? So then so, someone else, I guess the government then said, oh, maybe we should look into this guy's credit. Look into my credit and say, oh, you owe, some debt collector says, oh, you owe us 50 something thousand dollars, but if you pay now, we'll drop it to 6,000. And I'm like, ha 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 ha, you're very funny, click. I just hung up, I'm like, what the hell is that? So then three a month, I, I go to my bank, I talk to them, they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. You have nothing with us that says that that's a problem. And I'm like, okay, my bank says there's nothing. This, everything's so confusing, right? So then, and again, we're talking about identity theft. So you think your bank would know that, right? And I've been with BMO since I was nine. Like the, that was my first account ever. So I'm like, okay, okay. Like I trust you, right? Nothing's wrong. You say nothing's wrong. That's great. So then, uh, I, again, I get call after call after call, almost on a three-month time period. And I'm, I'm at this time, I'm working, whatever, and I'm like, what is this? Why is, like, I had my credit check was bad, now I'm getting these calls, and then I get a piece of mail. And my mom's like, what's this from? Like, what is this? And I'm like, I open it, same exact thing. You owe 50 Gs, but if you pay now, we'll drop to six. I'm like, all right, I don't understand. So I call up the debt collector, and I'm like, you got the wrong person. I never even took out 50 grand. My The only amount that would be remotely close to that would be through OSAP. And that's government, that's provincial and federal government. I know there's no problems with that, right? I'm on top of that. And so they're like, nope, yeah, your name, is your name Michael? Uh, Michael and my last name? I'm like, yeah. They're like, is your social insurance number dot, 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 dot. They go through that. I'm like, yeah. They're like, do you live at 19 whatever? I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, did you just purchase? And I'm like, yeah, how, like, I don't get it. They, they had no idea who I was. And I had no idea who they were. Sorry, I should say they have every idea who I am, but I had no idea who they were. And they're like, yeah, so you owe us this money. I'm like, that can't be possible. That cannot be possible. I'm 23, 24 at the time. How did I spend that much money, right? So as it goes, like going forward, right? What do you do? So I'm like, I don't understand. So I called them, uh, the debt collector, and we went through this process, and they said, yeah, you owe us this money. I'm like, no, you're going to tell me what bank I took this money, what credit card I used, all this stuff. And I didn't know this. And it, this is dragging on to like a year, a year and a half. This is how long it took me to realize that this was a problem. And we'll go into that year and a half, what I had done to make it worse, because I still didn't understand that I had ident someone had fraudulently used my identity, so I was still going about my regular business, but problems were coming up, little red flags I should have caught earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and so I call, yeah, so I'm at the debt collector, like all that happens. And then they say, okay, you took out money in 1995 from a platinum um, Visa card and you maxed it out multiple times and you took out another card and you maxed it out. I'm like, okay, I'm starting to understand there's a problem here. In 1995, I was five years old. Mm -hmm. There's no possible way in my entire life that I somehow got a credit card mm -hmm. before I got my first bank card, right? So your age doesn't matter. 
for stealing your identity. Great, yeah, great point. Age did not matter whatsoever. So I was five years old, and I now had to go and prove. I had to go to CIBC. That was where the card was taken out. I had to go and prove that my name, or that I was not possibly able to do that, right? So I go to CIBC, and I'm like, here's my driver's ID. They're like, that doesn't prove anything. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? It has the address, my name, and my birthday on it. How is that not possible? They're like, we need your birth certificate. So I'm like, Jesus. So, and again, I'm 20-something years old, right? So I don't care anymore. I'm like, whatever. It's not my problem, right? Not my problem. So I, I barely try to fix it, right? So I'm like, whatever. You want my, my birth certificate? Forget it. I don't even care. It wasn't my fault. It'll go away. <clears throat> so I don't go back for maybe another six months. So this is now two years into this process, right? So again, Debt collectors call me all the time. Uh, I'm still getting mail, right? Like all those mm -hmm. things. And finally, I'm just like, okay, my car payment is really high. I wanted to get, like the tipping point was when I wanted to get an, a credit card, another credit card. So I had my BMO one that I had originally had my account with. So I go to get another credit card. They decline me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what? How? How is that even possible? So I was like, okay, that's weird try again, decline me, try again, decline me. I'm like, maybe I spelled my name wrong. Maybe my address is wrong. Maybe, like, I'm going through all these things and my mom finally steps in. Not to say she wasn't stepping in the entire time. It's more like maybe she slapped me across the face being like, wake up, there's a yep. problem. It's like, go to that bank and give your birth certificate. So I go to the bank and I talk to the manager at the bank at the CIBC and I say, here's my birth certificate. And she looks at me and says, oh my God you've had identity theft. And I was like, that was probably the first time someone outside my mom and like my girlfriend at the time mentioned that word. And I was like, oh, so this is real. Like that's, that's a real thing that can happen to people. How did it feel in that moment when she said that? I was like, shit. Like I was like pulling out my hair being like over the, now I'm evaluating myself over the last two years, what I just did. So immediately I'm like, okay, so what do I have now? That money still exists. Like somehow I still owe that money. So I'm like, Okay, clearly that wasn't me. I'm not paying this. <clears throat> the lady's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's gone. We'll, we'll tell them to stop calling you, which she didn't. So I had to now prove it was me. I had to give my birth certificate, but my father also has the exact same name and lived at my, my original address as well. So that was the reason why I had to give my birth certificate. So it was a little, um, little add, add addition to the story. So you have something that most people probably don't have, right? Yeah, it was, was the parent. same name as parent. It yeah. might have actually stopped if I had given my dri driver's license and my yeah. parent was, didn't have the same name yeah. or lived at the same address. So uh, that's the reason why I had to go uh, and give my birth certificate. So finally, she said I had identity theft, that all the, stop, the callings would stop. They didn't. They relayed that information to the debt collector, but the debt collector just assumed it was my father, right? He was like, oh, yeah, it's my father. So I then, and my, my father had since passed away since then, so I called them up, and they're like, yeah, we need a death certificate. So I'm like, but it wasn't him, nor was it me. Mm -hmm. So now they've almost transferred an identity theft to my dad. It was like, it was the weirdest thing. They're like, oh, if it wasn't you, then yeah, it was him, right? But I'm like, the and social, uh, social insurance number doesn't add up, nothing. Like, why is that even possible? They don't care. They just want their money, and they, they're hounding you for it, right? So again, photocopy the death certificate, death certificate and fax it over. That's when that calling all stopped. When did my credit stop? Like, you know, tail ending or, you know, free falling? Spin, yeah. yeah, free falling. I have no idea. So I go back to the bank. 
everything is sorted and I'm not even at this bank. Like I, I've been to this bank more times than my original bank. It feels like at this point. And I'm like, okay, tell me what I got to do next. So then she's like, okay, go to Equifax, pay for something like the monthly plan that they have. It's called like a recovery plan. You're on it for six months and every month you'll get an update of your credit. And if like if suspicious activity is happening. So I did that and immediately I got a first suspicious activity. I'm like, what the hell? Like, did I get it stolen again? It wasn't the case. All the time that I was trying to apply for a credit card, they were checking into my my history, right? If you apply to a credit card, they look at your credit, mm-hmm. right? That it's in the freaking name. I didn't even realize that. So they're looking at my credit, looking at my credit. So I had applied to another credit card because I'm like, oh, I'm on this plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm paying. Everything is sorted on. I thought everything was sorted. No, it was just sorted on the financial component, right? Not on my credit side, mm-hmm. right? So I, again, I applied for another credit card, got declined. I got this little alert. I'm like, what the heck's happening? So I still, at this point, at this exact point, didn't understand what my score meant, right? So I thought my score was like like three something, right? So it was down there. It was like poof, skyrocketed all the way to the bottom. Or sorry, free falled all the way to the bottom. So I finally looked it up. Like I still hadn't cared. Like I didn't even care. So I looked at it and I was like, oh yeah, it's three something. Uh, that, what does that mean? Ask my mom finally, right? what I wish I knew. I wish I knew I talked to my freaking mom earlier and actually told her what was going on because I kind of just said, oh, don't worry about it, mom. It's something, mm-hmm. it's nothing really, right? Mm-hmm. So since then, I have one credit card, right? I have continuously made payments and I started to learn about what a hard credit check is, what a soft credit check is. So, uh, and slowly, the only way you can rebuild your credit and now I'm learning that I can actually erase this existing history from my credit when I go to these unions, like credit union and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, and I didn't know that at the beginning. Um, so you just slowly pay something off to show them that you are creditable, like you yeah. can hold this amount of money in your pocket and pay monthly and be responsible, which I already was, yeah. right, uh, in order to increase your score. And I just want to throw out there, uh, you know, Michael earlier mentioned uh, your credit score is a reflection of good or bad person. Uh, I don't want to say, you know, if you have a bad credit score that you're a bad person. Yeah. It's just, you know, financially, maybe you're, you've been irresponsible in the past or maybe you, know, you took out debt and you missed a payment or two. That doesn't make you a bad person by any means. Um, it just makes you, you know, you had some things in your past that you wish you maybe did better. Mm-hmm. And going forward, you're going to change it and that's fine. Your, and your credit score only matters if you need to take out debt. Yeah. If you pay cash for everything and that, you could care less about your credit score. Yeah. But you know, if you're someone that's going to take out a car loan, student loan, um, a mortgage, a mortgage is a big one, then credit your credit score is very important. There's no way you're getting a mortgage with a 300 uh, credit score. Yeah. yeah. So I just want to clarify yeah. a couple points. There. That was yeah, good, really good point. Yeah, not a bad person if you have bad credit. Like, and if you miss a payment, they'll know about it. But there's almost there's not a grace period by any means, but there's a certain amount of missed payments that will flag something or drop your credit score, right? Yeah. So even to this day, I can tell you I've missed a payment, just literally too busy, forgot about it, doesn't automatically come out because I want to make sure I know. And I've already been through all these problems. Mm-hmm. I still miss it. I'm like, God, man, I know exactly what's about to happen. So I make sure that I do two payments the next month, right? Show them that I can do half a payment, half a payment, mm-hmm. like, or make it four or five months mm-hmm. where I just do weekly payments or something like that where I can show them that I can consistently give this money without 
forgetting, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, even good people sometimes have bad credit, and that's not always the, right? Like that, it just happens. This that's an identity theft can happen to good people. Yeah. So uh, credit score also affected by how often people are going to credit check on you. Yeah, right? I want to talk so about that. Yeah. You want to rent a place, right? Yeah. The landlord is probably going to do a credit check on you. Yeah. Let's say you go around to five or six different places, and they're all running credit checks on you. Each time yeah. they do that, that's going to deplete your credit. Yeah. Or your credit score. Um, each time you apply for a credit card, mm-hmm. exact same thing. You get a new credit card, you think it's great, you got more money to spend, credit score drops because you've opened up another line of credit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The more you know, um, lines of credit that you open up, the more loans that you get, so it drops your credit score. But again, over time, if you're, um, you know, you pay, you make your payments on time, then your credit score goes up over time. Mm-hmm. So it's a very fluid thing, and it doesn't just stay at one number. Um, so keep that in mind, right? If you go to apply for a new credit card or you know, yeah. you're going to rent a place, credit checks will be ran even if they don't tell you that they're going to do it, right? They can be sneaky, like Michael said, that one car salesman, right? Checking his credit, checking his credit, and his credit score went down. Yeah, and so um, great point that you brought up. So I'm, we're renting a place now, and before we, and in Toronto, the renting market is intense, meaning they'll run everything. You have to have your They'll run your credit check. You'll have to have your payments already pre-done. You have to have your reference check. Like, Toronto's crazy, almost like you're buying a house just to rent, right? It's like such high competition. And so I was nervous. Kind of like, how many people have put their eyes into my credit? So when we went around to places, we were very selective. And we're selective because of me, right? Paula, or my wife, has great credit. Like, fantastic credit, right? Nothing out of the ordinary there. But with myself, I was hyper aware when I looked at getting a place to rent. I knew that that one person was going to do a hard credit check, meaning they were going to do a deep dive into my financials. When we talk about soft credit checks, it's like those apps that we're talking about. It's someone's kind of opening up the curtain a little bit, but it's not really affecting. They don't get to see the full picture. So they get the credit. No, they get the credit score number. Yeah. But- but that soft check does not decrease your score. Yeah. It's only if it's a hard check. Yeah. So, and a hard check is like, I mean, if I missed a payment by $1, if I paid a page or a credit card payment, but I missed it by a dollar, like I just put in the wrong number, they know that, right? They'll know the date, the time, the, everything. They'll know exact histories. But with a soft one, you just get the general gist. Oh, yeah. are you doing well? Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. Keep going. Right. So make sure someone's going to run a credit check on you. You ask them, is it going to be a hard one or a soft one? Yeah, and make sure that you know that they're going to run it, right? That was a huge, huge uh, red flag that a lot of people won't tell you because they just assume you have a great credit score. But even if you have a great one, like if you're, like, they sometimes call you a psycho if you have a perfect credit score because there's not even a blemish on your account. Mm -hmm. But if you start getting a lot of people checking into your credit, that'll actually take, you know, it'll take away from your credit score because too many people are concerned with how your credit looks or they want to know your credit, meaning you're either going to open up a lot of debt or you're going to try to gain a lot of credit or if you don't do that, then those blank, we call them blank hard checks, meaning someone checked and there's no, nothing from that. So let's say you're buying a house and you go to buy the house, you get a credit check or renting because that's in my wheelhouse. I go to rent, but I don't rent the place, mm-hmm. fine. I go to rent, I get another one, but they don't. I don't rent the place, okay, that's not looking too good. I do a third one, I do a fourth one, I do a fifth one. That means my credit is going down again because 
the first guy didn't, they don't know, but the, maybe the first guy didn't want me because he took a look at my credit. The second guy didn't want me. Third guy didn't want me. But really, maybe it was just me saying, I don't like the place. They don't know that. They just know the number, right? Yeah. So you really have to be selective on how you do your credit checks and uh, be cautious. And it's such a crazy time because I was, well, sorry, it's such a crazy time to be in that world when you're 20, in your 20s because you're not worried about those things. Like, you're really not. Some, some people are, and that's fantastic. They might be in business, but yeah. for myself, I was looking, you know, 180 degrees the other way, right? And it wasn't until I realized I could have, you know, my, I couldn't even get a car. I couldn't open a credit card. Like, those were the things that woke me up, and this someone stealing my identity. And that's still out there. Like, that doesn't, that's not resolved. Like, they didn't find the person, and it's not like it's, it's closed, right? Someone somewhere has both my SIN number, my name, my address, everything. It's not gone. Like it could happen again to me at any point in time. And that's what they said. They just put a little note on my account being like, yeah, this happened. But it's not to say it won't happen again. So we kind of left off with them transferring the debt to your dad. Yeah. So what happened after that? Yeah. So, um, I, so I faxed them the death certificate. And then once I did that, they still called me like maybe one or two times. And I'm not going to lie. I just said, they're like, hey, Michael Modica there? I'm like, nope. You got the wrong number, right? Because I, I know that I dealt with the financial component. I did everything they asked me to do. And I did it, you know, maybe in a lot longer time than I probably should have. But I knew from the financial end it was done. Like, okay, so that debt was erased? No. Well, it was erased, yes. Okay. But it wasn't erased off of my digital score. So like my credit score had already taken the hit. Okay, yeah, but yeah. you don't owe the money. I didn't owe the money, yeah. yeah. So after this now, you know, after you know that debt's been erased, so now you're just from here on, or from that moment forward, you're just working on building your credit score. You didn't owe any money. There wasn't any more yeah. fraudulent claims about you. No fraudulent claims. Yeah. So you're just building your credit score from yeah. Now. yeah. Okay, so before we talked about building your credit score, what are some things that you wish you knew about when you first? You know, when you first went to get your car and that red flag went off about that yeah. salesman being worried to that debt being erased um, by the debt collector. You know, because yeah. it was such a long time. You said it was a couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think it's, you know, when pushing things under the rug goes wrong. Yeah, in this, yeah. In that situation, that, right? So what are some things that you wish you knew or you had done differently? Yeah, well, that's such a great question. Um, first off, I wish it didn't take me two years to get this completed. I wish, first off, that I knew what a hard and soft credit check was. I... First, no, let's back up even more. I wish I knew what credit was, because really I didn't, let's be honest. I had a credit card that I had a $500 limit on, right? So I barely even used it. Um, so I wish I knew what credit was. Mm -hmm. Then I wish I knew that you could check it for free, right? I wish I knew what salesman's tactics were, and I was lucky to get a good guy on one of them, right? Um, I wish I, that would have been my red flag. That would have been my first red flag, and I've been like, hey, what's up? And then I would have gone, after that, I would have gone to Equifax or I would have gone to or Equifax and done one of those, like, telltale, tell-all tale, whatever you say, yeah. uh, to actually look at my credit and then be like, okay, something's up, let's solve it within the next three months. If I had done that, I would have been two years, or sorry, a year and nine months earlier building up my credit, and that would have been substantial. I would have probably even had a better uh, finance like my percentage on my car, right? Mm -hmm. So, that's, 
I was just going to say, uh, pushing things under the rug or, you know, taking your time to resolve something like this, uh, someone, you know, if you're wondering, has your identity been stolen or some things to watch out for would be, you know, always when you get your credit card statements in the mail, right, or yeah. online now, because no one gets anything in the mail anymore, uh, make sure you check line by line everything you bought that last month. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if something's on there that you didn't buy, even if it's for 50 cents, right? Someone's yeah. using your card and your identity to buy something. Yeah. And sometimes a credit card company will actually call you and be like, hey, did you uh, yeah. did you make this purchase? I, I know a few years ago, uh, uh, my credit card company called me and they go, someone bought something in Florida. Yeah. Are you down there on vacation? I was like, I haven't been there in decades. Yeah. Right? And they're like, okay, we'll cancel it. We'll send you a new card and everything. Yeah. And so they were very diligent on that end. Yeah. Right? It probably would have taken me to the end of that month looking at that yeah. uh, billing cycle, right? I would have saw Florida and then I would have called them. They actually called me and they brought it to my attention. Yeah. And it was just super easy, right? Michael's case was really hard. Yeah. Because he, he didn't know what was going on. Right? And it took decades. Like, I'm pretty sure my mom may have taken some of those phone calls too. And they just, she was like, I don't know who you're talking about and just hung up or something, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, but it's very similar. Yeah. It's, don't sweep that stuff under the rug. No. Yeah. So, like, red flag, looking at credit card bill. There's a purchase on there that you didn't make. Get to the bottom of it. Call the credit, credit card yeah. company say you didn't make that. Yeah. Right? Let's say you go to get a new credit card and you get declined or you go to rent or buy a car, take out a loan, and they tell you your credit's uh, not strong. You know, if you're a millennial, chances are your credit should be pretty good, right? I mean, you haven't had a mortgage to carry. Yeah. Right? You've had really, what, student loans. Yeah. Right? So getting a credit card or a loan should be fairly easy. Your mm-hmm. credit should be pretty good. To start out with yeah so if you're getting shot down for loans loans in that uh take a deeper dive into it don't just think uh, yeah. you know it's common yeah right because uh having your identity stolen is huge and it can rack up tons and tons of money yeah lots of debt on you and that's on you yeah to prove. i was really lucky to have the fact that the years was what my my key um piece of evidence was right if it had been any closer you know, it wasn't the fact that I was five years old. It might have been, you know, so hard to prove otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. Because they had everything. They literally every single mm-hmm. thing. Like, they knew my address. Mm-hmm. That's how much information that they were able to get, right? And the scary thing is, how did they do it? Yeah. You so don't know. I was, so if they got it when I was five years old, think about it. Back when I was five, 1995, mm-hmm. how much of the internet really existed, Right. That means I had a physical card. That means, like that, yep. like that is nuts. I didn't even think of that. That means someone had to have stolen or taken a picture of my card, right? Yeah. So you just don't know, right? it's probably someone we knew. I would bet. Yeah. But now it's so easy, right? Yeah. I hack into your email. I bet you send so many different emails with your credit card on there. You take a picture, right? Like that's the big thing, yeah. right? And we should talk about prevention, right? Or what we can do to help limit the chance of identity theft. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, know, you know, a big thing that I just realized is like someone stealing your mail, right? Yeah. Like your mailbox. Like a lot of us just have a mailbox where you lift you lift the lid up, you put the mail in, and then the it's mailman just yeah. carries on, right? Yeah. Someone just walks up to your driveway and steals your mail. Yeah. You can get, you know, you're from CRA, yeah. your government document, work paychecks, whatnot. You yeah. Have your social insurance number on there, your address, your name, boom, your identity stolen. Cre- right? So we've actually, uh, we actually got a locking mailbox recently. Really? Because of that, yeah. Oh. We, just, we just thought about it and we thought it was crazy to just have a, a mailbox there where yeah. anyone could just open it up, right? So. so 
back funny that you say it back in the day my mom had a mailbox that like when you opened it like we have one that you open and it's just like a box whatever um but the back half of it was open and so when someone pushed the mail in it would just drop into our house mm-hmm. and it's almost like a lock one right and no one's gonna bust into your house mm-hmm. but again that was super annoying when we had cats and stuff so if you really want if you get mail from you're renting let's say and you get mail from another person so i didn't know this and uh because it's a federal offense to open up someone's mail everyone should you know mean you get mail that's addressed to someone else yeah sorry yeah so a mail that's addressed to someone else you can put rts written on the mail and put it back in the mailbox and it'll go return to sender it'll go back to its original person so i didn't know this um so i was i was renting a place and i just collected the mail like i was like oh man this person doesn't live here i don't know what to do so we had like a, a drawer full of people's mail and so i had a friend come over he's like you don't know you can just throw it back into the mailbox and it'll go back to whoever i'm like oh my god imagine how many people how many government documents i had sitting in that drawer right who knew that <laughs> yeah right yeah so that that's something that i don't know it's a little side i wish i knew Right. I think another moral of that story is go paperless. <laughs> yeah. Everything, credit card statements, yeah. everything. Just get them sent to your email or log on and check online. Yeah. Right? But then here's the thing. I'll be devil's advocate for a sec. If everything's online, that's one, maybe potentially, for those people out there, one password for everything. Right? That's another thing. Have different passwords for yeah. all your different accounts and that. Yeah. Right? Never share them. Yeah. Right? Don't write them down and leave them in plain sight. Yeah. Right? Uh, make them strong. Here's another thing. Like, let's say you had, okay, you hear about this on the news all the time. Someone goes to a bank machine mm-hmm. and uh, what happens is, you know, they lose their card or someone takes it and they go to use their card on them and the password's so easy. It's like 1111. Yeah. Right? So if someone does that and, you know, drains your funds or whatnot and then you complain to the bank, the bank will say your password is too easy. We're not reimbursing you. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. If you have an easy password, right? Your, but your how are they supposed to be like, what was your password? The bank's not allowed to do that, are they? But uh, I'm not really too sure how that works. Yeah. But wow. I'm sure they could look that up, probably, after if you report something like that. Yeah. I don't really know. I'm just guessing here. Yeah. What's on the news all the time? Wow. So like one, two, three, four. Okay, yeah. That was way too easy. They could have just guessed that. And then you should have a lot. Oh, my God. I didn't yeah. know that. Same with, like, uh, logging on things online if your password's, like, yeah. password. Yeah. Or, like, your dog's name or something yeah. like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So never make passwords like that. So, uh, how so? How do you make a password? I know there's like so many different ways you can, but personally, mine has two capital letters, a number, and like one of those like I don't know what you call them special symbols, yeah. and they're in certain spots because okay, and I I'm not gonna tell anyone my password, but I use the same ver- the same password or the same word, but I've changed all of the symbols or letters or numbers into different categories because i at my school you have to change your password every like three or whatever six months i think it is i can't keep up with it i can't keep having a new word so i i position things in certain ways and then other um, applications that we have i'll do the same thing even for my phone i use my fingerprint right things like that it's like no one has my fingerprint there's unless you you know chop off my hand or something but that's intense so that's how i use my password it's like a very arbitrary word, like a word you just pick out of the dictionary, and then uh, and then I just change it up a little bit. Yeah. How do you make a password? Random. Really? Random, yeah. Do you like generate it, like whatever it's generated yeah. on the computer? Yeah, okay. It's random. It's random. How do you? It's a little different. I don't know. 
They're all different. You remember everyone. Yeah. yeah. No, they're not written down anywhere. It's all in the memory. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So I think, like, wrapping, you know, what we talked about today. Yeah. Right? We talked about what we wish we knew about identity theft. Yeah. And credit scores. Right. Yeah, it really is credit about, score, yeah. Right? So we talked about Michael's personal story, what happened to him, how he got his identity stolen, um, and how he rebuilt his credit, right? Just by making yeah. payments over time, keeping up to date, I sh- being financially responsible. I should mention that it took me four years to get to a point that's a respectable uh, credit score, right? That's how long it takes of consistency in order to build it up. It's not something you do overnight, which is what I thought actually yeah yeah crazy right yeah so try not to let it happen to you in the in the first place right easier said than done yeah right uh, so we talked about your personal account right we talked about how you built your credit back up we talked about things that you wish you knew right some red flags to watch out for so that maybe you identified it earlier or maybe you didn't take so long in terms of trying to fix things mm-hmm. right but live and learn and you've been through it it's made you a stronger person mm-hmm. it's gonna help you look out in the future I mean you're only 30 years old yeah. Right? Yeah, so yeah. something like this ever happens again to you, your wife, or yeah. your friends or family, right? We talked about, you know, maybe identifying some red flags to help everyone out there to make sure that their identity is not being stolen. That was, well, like, the one thing I want to leave off with is, you know, it is achievable to come back from getting your complete identity stolen, right? It's, it's not like the end of the world. Like some people think, right? They're like, oh my God, someone else, it's the end of my world, right? Someone else is being me, Mm -hmm. right? Um, As long as you tell the right people, right? You tell your bank, you tell the government, you tell all these people, right? It's not like you get a new identity. That is you and they have whatever you have, but you are able to recover from that. I think what you said too was that person that stole it, they're always going to have your social insurance number, your name and your address, and they can sell it to someone else, Mm -hmm. right? So you got to be diligent now for the rest of your life to make sure that no one uses your information again and gets more debt out there. Yeah. But if you catch it on time, right, and you, you know, alert the authorities or you alert the, the debt collectors or whatnot, right, that's how you stay on top of things. And I will mention, like, something I didn't know as well, and I'm learning now. When I move, it's not like they have my old address. They still have my new address, right? It's not, and let's pretend they still have all my stuff. It moves with them, right? So my government ID my address changes with that, right? And every time I move, if they just go look up this number on whatever system they have, they have my new address. They also know the vehicle that I'm driving, everything, right? That, that is the key to all my financials. So again, if you alert the authorities, you alert the people you need to know, that need to know, then yeah, like it's, you'll do okay, you'll, you'll recover, but it's just gotta know these red flags. You gotta know these little intricate bits about your finances. Yeah. Anyone out there listening to this has had their identity stolen? Um, we would love to for you to share that in the comment section below. Uh, if you have any questions about this topic or you know something that maybe we didn't cover, we forgot to cover, and you want us to dive into, uh, you know, yeah, leave it in the comment section below. We read all the comments and reply to everybody. Yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, appreciate telling my story to you guys. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Until next time. We are two men and a pineapple.